Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation fan page podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland and proud supporter of Texas Tech University. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome in to the newly improved Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm R.C. Maxfield alongside Tobias Bass. Tobias, it's our first podcast with Guns Up Nation. It's going to be a great I'm going to call it a marriage. I don't know if that's a little weird, yeah. but I'm going to go ahead and say that anyway. But Tobias, we're super excited about this. Tobias, tell the people a little bit about yourself, though. Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, it's a, it's a new um, it's a new marriage. You know, we're kind of still on the honeymoon phase. You know, we, we're trying to, you know, <laughs> learn learn more about ourselves. But um, yeah, man, I graduated from Texas Tech in 2018. Went there in 2016 from a junior college. Um, my time there at Tech, uh, I worked for the Daily Torridor. Did some uh, freelancing stuff for Red Raider Sports, and um, thanks to you, um, I got to work for KTXT for about two years. Did some radio there, some sports reporting there. Got to do a bunch of stuff, covered literally everything. It was a bunch of fun times, great memories. Got to travel a lot, so that's a little bit of my background. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get to create more memories with Guns Up Nation. But my background, um, kind of like Tobias said, I was at KTXT for about three and a half years. Um, was the podcast director there for a little bit. Um, got a lot of podcasts off the ground for them. But I think the big thing for me, I was the sports director there at KTXT. Um, got to cover multiple College World Series teams. Uh, went to Minneapolis for the Final Four. Um, you know, got to go to Dallas, cover them there. And also I got to cover them in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when they were making their Final Four run. And as well as Tobias, Tobias was alongside me as well. So, you know, got to do a lot of fun things, meet a lot of cool people. And we're really excited about starting this Guns Up Nation partnership. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited about launching the website here really soon where you can find all of Tobias's great content as well as my own on there. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. I know Tobias is really good at game breakdowns. I'm sure he's going to be doing that on there in terms of film work and all that kind of stuff uh, with Texas Tech players. So look forward to that. And then We'll have opinion pieces on there, be interviewing recruits, all kinds of stuff on there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, you can follow Guns Up Nation at Guns Up Nation on Twitter uh, as well as Facebook. And then now, Tobias, as of I believe it was yesterday, correct? Maybe the day mm-hmm. before? The yeah, day before, day before. Day before. Instagram. We got Instagram yeah. now. So going to be a lot of fun content going up on all the major platforms. So be sure to give us a subscribe and a review on here. Um, and we'll keep you all informed about Texas Tech Athletics. And speaking of Texas Tech Athletics, it was a pretty big week for Texas Tech Athletics, at least in the baseball program, where they had another two guys get drafted and kind of a weird setup this year for the MLB draft because the owners and the players are just um, – they're being really stupid right now, um, to say the least, um, in terms <laughs> of getting back on the field. But a really good couple of days for Texas Tech where they had two pitchers go. Um, and Bryce Bonin, who got drafted 84th overall. And then you had Clayton Beater as well. He got drafted 66th overall by the Dodgers. Two really good right-handed pitchers and two really interesting stories, and especially in Bryce Bonin. Um, his, his story is super, super interesting. For those who don't know, Bonin basically just got cut by Arkansas, yeah. um, lost his scholarship, was looking for a place to go, Coach Tadlock brought him in after he got cut just because he had a shoulder injury. And Bonin mm-hmm. came in, and he just worked, man. He went to work. Um, wasn't always electric, and his first start as a Red Raider was proof of that. Only went one in mm-hmm. the third innings. But, I mean, you get drafted 84th overall, and, you know, that's saying something right there and kind of cool right here in terms of a little note. The Cincinnati Reds have drafted two Red Raiders in back-to-back years. They drafted Bryce Bond in 88 fourth overall this year and then they drafted Cameron Warren in the 22nd Mm. round uh, just last year so really interesting stuff right there for the Red Raiders Tobias you got anything on those two guys I remember you uh you know you told me that story about uh Bonin last year we went to go watch him play in the uh, regionals Uh, you pretty much said that he can uh, he throws it hard but if he can throw it straight or throw it you know throw it to the catcher he'll be fine (laughs) yeah he he throws it hard I mean he really he has um he really can let that thing loose but uh Definitely, you know, proud of him for getting drafted. Now, his story is very unique. You know, it would have been easy for him to quit or, you know, be frustrated. But, I mean, and shows testament for Tyler for finding him, too. You know, finding him and, you know, developing him. You know, took a chance on a guy. You know, now he's a drafted player, so. 
Yeah, and an interesting tidbit on Coach Tadlock and his drafted players at Texas Tech, and this comes from TexasTech.com, their website. Tech has turned into a factory for power arms during Tadlock's eight-year reign as the head coach here in Lubbock. Of his 50 draft picks in Lubbock, 32 have been pitchers, including 14 mm. within the first 10 rounds of the draft. Wow. I found that really interesting. Wow, because, interesting. because when you think of Lubbock as a baseball fan, you kind of – you kind of think of it as a Coors Field light. And what I mean by that is it's a hitter's paradise with the wind always blowing. You know, if you just hit a pop-up to second base, it's got a chance to go out of the park some days with the Mm -hmm. wind helping it out. And, you know, you see that number, 32 of the 50 players drafted were pitchers. I think that's a really big testament to what Coach Tadlock and crew have been, been doing in pitching development. And, I mean, that's not a knock on the guys that are getting drafted that are hitters. It's just super impressive that, you know, over 60% of the guys that have been drafted from Texas Tech have been pitchers. No, that's very – I wouldn't have um, – I want I to see what is that, you know, in comparison to other, like, schools and in his time at Tech. That's very, very high. It's like you said, especially with the win, because, you know, we'll go watch a game. You know, it's, it's a normal, you know, normal hit ball to second base. That thing carries a little bit because it's just, it's just so windy and the weather is very unpredictable, as we know. Yeah, I mean – you and I know it best. I mean, and a lot of Tech fans do too. We covered the Oklahoma State Super Regional last year, and it was, what, 40 degrees during game one? We were yeah, freezing man. down yeah, the right field man. line. And then the next day it was, what, like 97? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just got yeah. an instant cold right there just because, yeah, you know, sure. Lubbock trying to give a middle finger to everybody. Um, but, I mean, everybody should be used to that if they go to Texas Tech. But another interesting fact, when you look at Texas Tech, Tech – was one of two Big 12 schools with multiple players chosen in the shortened five-round draft this year. It is the 30th consecutive year for Tech to record multiple draft picks, the third longest streak in the country, and the longest in the Big 12. Additionally, 41 Red Raiders have been drafted since 2015. That is the most in the Big 12 and the entire state of Texas. Hmm. I mean, really. I mean, we know what Tadlock brings to the table. He just needs a needs a national championship. Now he's done literally everything else. I, I agree. I mean, literally. you could argue if he wins that national championship, they're they're you know they already got a highway for Marsha Sharp. They're going to have to name yeah. one after Coach Tadlock. Oh uh, yeah, no, he need he needs something for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, he need. I think I think over the next couple of years, you're going to see a couple of coaches. They're going to get a street highway boulevard. I don't know restaurant, whatever you want to call it. They're going to get some stuff. Yeah, might just, I mean, there's that lady petitioning from the, what is it, the architect building yeah. to rename the city. I don't know if you saw that. What, what, what was it? Apparently, and I don't want to get too political here on our first show, you know, that would probably be a Debbie Downer type yeah. moment. But in limelight, you got you to gotta put this stuff out there because of what's going on in the country. So apparently, I didn't know this. Maybe you do. Lubbock is named after somebody that um, was a bit racist, to say mm. the least. Um, I believe they own slaves and everything like that so um i forget her name from the architect department but she is petitioning that lubbock changes the name um i really have no opinion on it because i just know what she brought to the table in terms of research i haven't done any myself so um i just wanted to put that out there so i don't want i'm not saying yes change it and i'm not saying no don't change it it's just I'm just bringing what she yeah. brought out to the table. So do your own mm-hmm. research, and then you can let us know kind of deal. But maybe they name it um, Chris Beardsville. Yeah, so I, mean, so yeah, was, I can yeah, see something. it. Yeah. You know, Tadlock, will, Texas, or something like that. Tadlock, oh, yeah, they could definitely do something. Both of those guys are definitely going to get a uh, – they're going to get a street or something very, very soon, especially Tadlock. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was super exciting to see those guys drafted. And, again, just a testament, like you said, Tobias, just – we know what Coach Tadlock brings to the table every year. Once he gets that ring in the championship, I mean, I think people, they already respect him, right? But I think that, you know, more national exposure in terms of, you know, just not even in the baseball community, but just around the country and even the state. I think people know Texas Tech is really good at baseball, right? But they don't know if they can get over the hill. It's got that almost Tom Izzo effect to it. You know, Tom Izzo's been to what, yeah. eight, nine right. final fours, but only one championship. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like that, but in baseball. And then for sure, like, you know, speaking of pitchers, you know, we're going to have a couple of more pitchers um, next year, the year after they're going to get drafted as well. You have a bunch of super, super young talents coming up through the ranks. You know, unfortunately we didn't get to see him play this year due to 
the viral, the, 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 the pandemic. But you know, Michael Dallas, you have guys like him. We're gonna be, yeah. I mean, he's insane. I love, like, I love that guy. You know, he brings to the table, especially we got to see him last year. As you know, being super, super young on a big stage, and he played phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting too because last year, uh, I guess in the shortened season, you know, when they went sixteen and three, um, and two of those losses came against just Mississippi State down in Starksville, um, another top ten team in the country. Micah Davis was just trying to build up to be a starter again. He really wasn't even in the starter's role. So right. imagine, you know, once he actually has a full off season to recover, get his arm in shape, right. you know, look out the rest of the country because he's going to have he, he's going to be a man on a mission to say the least. But let's switch over to. A little bit of, um, I don't really know how to say this, Tobias, but just kind of like, I guess, relevant news in terms of what's been going on in this country for the past three or four months um, in terms of, I guess, technically the whole year, COVID-19, it kind of hit close to home this past Monday when Texas Tech announced that six members of the basketball program contracted the COVID-19 virus. And I mean, I think a lot of people will put, you know, two and two together and think that they got it in the silent solidarity walk that happened in Lubbock last Monday night. And kind of just interesting to see because I think Texas Tech, at least the one that I saw, was the first school that released this out. And then just this week, you're starting to see, you know, the Alabamas of the world, the Iowas of the world, you know, other Mm -hmm. schools are starting to slowly release that, hey, some of our athletes have COVID as well. For sure. I mean, you know, there's – Especially in these bigger, you know, bigger cities. I know I'm in Houston right now. We had a walk last week. It was over 60,000 people there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're seeing guys like, you know, Philly, D.C., L.A. They're they're protesting uh, what last night in Brooklyn. There's thousands of people there. So, you know, you definitely want to try to, you know, when, when you're having a, you know, a protest, you really can't social distance. You know, you, you, you can't. No. So you want to try to, like, wear a mask or, you know, be as safe as possible. But, you know. Um, hopefully, hopefully the guys, you know, they were able to get well soon. It hopefully doesn't affect their health, you know, long-term, especially some of the coaches, if they got it as well, you know, they're a little bit older. So hopefully you know, they can stay healthy and safe. But um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just sad to see, hopefully, you know, they recover. I mean, I don't, also, I don't want people to, you know, like, well, this is what you get when you pro, you know, they're protesting for a good reason. It is yes. unfortunate that, you know, the circumstances that we're in right now, is very weird. We're dealing with the national or global pandemic and we're also dealing with these, peaceful protest so you know it's kind of are the ends worth the means and unfortunately you know they did get sick but they were doing it for the right reasons yeah no and I mean at the same time what's to say they weren't going to get sick regardless yeah yeah, you know you you never know what type of situations they're in everybody has their freedom to do whatever they want they might have just got it anyway um but yeah I think the I think these guys will be fine um if they you know listen to the trainers and you know do the according the take the proper message I should say to get back into proper health. And I think they'll be all right, but definitely in our thoughts right there, because I think this is going to be not even just a Texas tech problem. As I mentioned, Bama, Iowa, other schools as well. I believe Georgia was even involved in this. I think this is going to be an issue throughout, you know, maybe the next year to 18 months. Like how do NCAA schools, especially in the sports field, do this like how do they are you are you just unavailable for two weeks if you're a football player like hypothetically let's just say alan bowman right let's just say he gets covid you know god forbid type situation but let's just say he does right so is he unavailable for two weeks due to you know the self-quarantine for 14 days or does he have to wait an additional week like what's the legislation on this and and to be honest, if I'm a team, let's say we're traveling to West Virginia and they know, you know, Alan Bowman got hurt, or maybe they maybe they're even coming to Lubbock, for example. If I was West Virginia, I would I would quite almost not even want to play. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I would because you know, one, you're gonna have to allocate a bunch of money to testing the players. I mean, every what, every day, every other day. It's gotta be every day. Them. Yeah, especially if you have a guy in your own locker room that's tested positive for, you're gonna have to test them pretty much every day. You know, the test is very it's very painful. It's not pleasant. Then, you know, if you're a team, you're coming to Lubbock. I know you have cases in your, um, in your area. I don't, I don't know if I want to play. Yeah. No. And, and what, what's, you know, what, what's the legislation and the verbiage on just that, what you're talking about, right? Like does West Virginia have the right, for example, in this right. scenario to say, no, we're not going to play because the betterment right. of our players and their health is more important than a football game. Will that happen? I don't know. But I mean, right. you look at Texas, I mean, I, I, they're over 6% now in terms of, you know, cases that come back positive. Yeah. That's, that's higher than they've been in a while. 
you know, and it's obviously because of the reopening um, and Greg Abbott. And, you know, if you want to agree with him, you can. If you don't, you don't. Whatever your opinion is, I really don't care about it. But the numbers don't lie in that regard that the numbers are up in terms of positive cases. So you have to wonder with, you know, him coming out and saying Jones AT&T Stadium can be at 50 percent capacity. Well, 50 percent capacity of Jones AT&T Stadium is 30,000 people. Right. So that's 30,000 people. That doesn't include staff. That doesn't include vendors. That doesn't include TV members. That doesn't include any of that stuff. That's just fans. So you're talking roughly what? Probably 3,000 people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so we're talking what? 33,000 people right there? I mean, that's a lot of people can find in a small space. In Jones, in Jones AT&T Stadium is obviously gigantic, don't get me wrong, but when you put 33,000 people in it, it becomes much smaller. Right. And then, I mean, also the virus is airborne. You know, it's not just, oh, you have to touch yes. this to get it. You know, it's airborne. It's spread through droplets and, you know, just things like that. So you also have to be careful of that because, you know, even if I'm sitting three rows behind a guy, if he's, you know, really giving it to the Texas quarterback because he's mad, he's, you know, screaming and yelling, that, that, you know, those yeah. droplets, whatever they can, you know, get on me and my, you know, my mouth, my eyes, et cetera. And especially, you know, you have fans that are older, you know, they still want to go to the game. You know, do you, are you going to be more careful with them? Are you going to not let them go? Exactly. You know, is, is that type of thing. So you definitely just have to be careful with that thing. And, and this is kind of off, off script, but um, the same thing going on with the NBA. I, honestly, I don't, I don't think they're going to play. I don't. I think they will. I, I want I them think- to play. I think but, Patrick Beverly said it best. I don't know if you saw that tweet yeah, or not. Yeah, I saw he said LeBron's playing, we're playing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah I like, I think he was joking, but at the same time, he's right. Yeah. I want them to play. I have my own, you know, things about it, but sure. I want them to play just also about just, you know, being safe. And you also have to, you also have to bring to the table um, litigation, you know, what the, um, what the commissioner said a couple of weeks ago. For example, Mark D'Antoni, he's a, he's older. He's in his 60s, I believe. He's in his, yeah, and he's in his 60s or 70s, you know. Mark D'Antoni, he hasn't signed a contract for next year, so let's say they finish the rest of this season out. If you're another team, are you even going to – is it even worth – are you even going to, you know, look at signing an older coach like that? You know, some of the coaches are older guys. Don't get me wrong, they're older. But are you even going to consider signing a coach like them due to his age, due to, you know, potential health issues? I know James Harden, he has asthma. So – you know, there's other players, you know, they have issues like that. They're, you know, they're, they're in that 4% where they have to be a lot more careful. So, you know, there's lawsuits and things that could potentially get time and SC strictly because, you know, of this COVID. So I just want, you know, the players, whether it's college professional, just be safe with it and try to be smart. I just think there's too much money involved in it for yeah. it not to happen. Um, yeah. And that's when the greed aspect comes involved. Yeah. But at the same time, that's just how it works sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you know, these guys – they're not like most Americans. And I think I hear a lot about it in baseball. Um, I'm more on the baseball Twitter than you are. You're more in the basketball mm-hmm. one. I'm more in the baseball. You know, people are saying all these players are greedy and all this stuff. I'm like, in my opinion, it's, it's very hard for me unless it's just like very obvious to side on the side of owners. Oh, yeah. We're talking about billionaires. Yeah. Right. Like it is hard for me to side on their side. Like they're coming in and at least in baseball, you know, they're like, all right, well, we'll agree to prorated salaries. And the players were like, bet, you know what I mean? When it first happened and they're like, all right, bet, we'll do that. And now they're coming in. Go ahead. What was that picture we were talking about in the gene? What what was that picture? What was his name? Remember I put in the the message. He was, um, he was saying that, uh, he wasn't down for the prorated salary. He said, I'm out here, you know, risking my life. Oh, Blake Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell. Yeah, yeah I well, agree with what he said completely. Yeah, yeah, he. I, I agree with somewhat what he said, but he's been very wishy-washy on yeah, the whole subject. Yeah. He he flip-flopped a couple times. Um, but really, in my opinion, I think this is very simple. If you're baseball, and I don't understand why they can't figure it out, um, they're very intelligent people. At least they should be. Um, not yeah. every billionaire is intelligent, and not yeah. every player is intelligent. Yeah. I get that, but usually you put your smarter people. Um, in your PAs and stuff like that. I think a pretty good example is Dominique Foxworth. He works at ESPN now. Dude is super intelligent. Went to Harvard mm-hmm. Business School. He knows what the hell he's talking about, right? But on the MLB side, this is really easy. You play 82 games, 80, 81 games, something like that. You give them prorated salaries just to the fullest extent, 
And then you basically do the playoff stuff for the next two years. You figure it out. It's super easy to do, but yet the owners are getting greedy where they're like, oh, we only want to pay you 70% of the prorated salary. Like, no, dude, that's not what you agreed to. I get yeah, circumstances not. change. I get that. But if you, you knew circumstances could potentially change later on, why did you agree to that in the first place? You don't agree right. to something. Like if you and I have an agreement to bias, right? Three, like today, and I agree, hey, I'm going to give you $100 on September 1st right? You expect your $100 on September right. 1st, right? right? But then I come in, oh, I can only give you 70%. Well, no, no, I agreed to give you $100. Yeah, exactly. Like you may understand, oh, things change. But if you agree to it, then you should have to do it. Like the, the, I, I just can't wrap my head around how people are taking the side of the owners. Are, yeah, just like, I, I don't get it personally in any sport. It's, it's hard unless it's like very apparent, right? Like, right. let's just say the players, oh, we don't want to play. Like, okay, dude, yeah. like, calm down. Like, the players obviously want to play, though, in baseball. And so in basketball, it seems like, too. That, that's the other issue I think they're having with the NBA as well because, you know, they basically had a proxy vote. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, when you have a proxy vote, when money's involved, you're probably going to say yes. You know what I'm saying? But they're Easy. waiting for this. They're waiting for this 100-page packet to be sent out to the league because the players haven't seen it yet. And the packet basically includes the do's and don'ts, what you can and can't do. But our fear is they're going to send them this packet, which is 100 pages, which I don't know why it's 100 pages. But nonetheless, they're going to read the page. They're going to be like, wait, what did we agree to? I can't do what? She or X, Y, Z can't come through the bubble either? Eh, I don't know if I want to play, that type of thing. So I want to see what what happens with that. I mean, I hope they do play. But I just want to see what's, what details are in these packets and what's, how is it going to get done? Are they still going to agree to it? Yeah, I, I think the biggest issue for me is um, I want to see Skinny Jokic. Oh, yeah, now when you hear that now. Yeah, I, I want to see now. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I just want to see it. You know, Luca's skinny now. I don't know if you saw that picture either. Honestly, I haven't seen Luca's got abs, hard. bro. The, these pudgy Slovenians and everything, they're not pudgy anymore. They, they're not related to the Pillsbury Doughboy, man. They got abs now. Like, I'm yeah, telling Joke, you. Yeah, Joke, he, he, he can't even be the bouncer in the bar anymore. I, I love, I mean, big big Joke, I mean, he's, he's a lot of fun. I want to see what abs Joke is. I want to see how, you know, because he had issues, you know, being tired. I want to see how he gets something down the floor now. I'm going to tell you what, I hope that he's got a little bit more in terms of the vertical jump. And I want to see him yam on Embiid just so I can rub it in all you haters' faces that say Embiid is better than Jokic because you're wrong and you know it. So stay no, in your lane. It's just the truth, Tobias. Yeah. Don't get mad at it. It's the truth. You know he's better. Yeah, I mean, before, you know, you couldn't start a piece of paper underneath him underneath when he jumps. But now yeah, that's he's fair. lost. I mean, he's lost what? He Lord, lost like 25, 40 30 pounds. pounds. Yeah, 25, yeah, 30 pounds. Yeah, I'm a, he, he's a – he was a big boy, and now he's 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 definitely lost significant weight. So, yeah, he, I just want to see him yam on Embiid. I just want to see him yam. So I hard. Want to, I just want to see sports, basketball, something. Yeah, you're you know, right. Something. I'm over here watching golf. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I've been watching golf a lot more too. I mean, I'm <laughs> you know I'm starting to get back into. It. I want to go you know go hit some go hit some holes soon. I, I definitely yeah. want to go do that. Go get some training. They got me. Uh, so for those who don't know, I live in Hobbs in Mexico. Tobias lives in Houston. Um, but I'm the sports coordinator in Hobbs. And so at my job, I'm trying to, you know, bring in people to, you know, do tournaments and stuff. Well, there's no reason to do that right now because you can't do tournaments. So yeah. what they did is they moved me out to the golf course. And mm. let me tell you what, Tobias, I've been on the range every day at least for two hours, just hitting That's golf cool. balls, putting. I'm just like, man, this is, this is life right here. This is the life, and I'm getting paid for you should, it. Wow, you you should go hit up a uh, Taylor Johnston if you know who that is. We, we talked to him before. He's um he's one of the career counselors at uh at Tech. Mm -hmm. He actually almost made the cut for the PGA tournament a couple of years ago. So he's a big golf enthusiast, pretty young guy. Um, he's a great guy. I'm pretty sure you email him. He'll probably come out. But he loves golf. Like I said, he he's basically a pro. So yeah, I don't want to play with anybody like that, man. I can't play with he, anybody like that. He he's super competitive, so you know he'll 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 get after you. No, I can't you know, do he'll, it. He'll talk I can't do it. To you. I can't do it. I can't do that, Tobias. I'm shooting. Well, at like, you, I'm I'm at like a man. If we're, I'm probably at like a twenty handicap right now, which is not trying, good. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's not you're, bad. You're improving. You're yeah. Improving. No, I, if you would have told me this last year, I'd be probably at like a twenty-seven handicap. I ain't gonna lie about yeah. it. It was bad. 
But it's getting better. And you know what else is getting better, Tobias? Guns Up Nation, because we're launching a new website soon. On this website, it will be the home of Guns Up Nation and all of its content from this very podcast you're listening to, to the articles that both Tobias and myself write, to all Texas Tech team sports scores. It'll be your one-stop shop. We'll also be partnering with local businesses, so you'll have their availability on there, hopefully two docs. We'll be talking to them on Friday. A little peek behind the curtain right there. But we'll be talking to them. We're going to talk to other businesses. We're going to have potential musical guests on there. If you're big Texas country fans, we're going to have live concerts on our Facebook Live. Continue to do that. And Texas Tech sports video breakdowns from basketball, football, Mm -hmm. baseball, softball, you name it, we'll have it on there and much more. So be sure to go follow Guns Up Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram for the latest and everything in Texas Tech athletics. That's your one-stop shop if you want to – you know, see what Tobias and I are up to for sure. Anything Texas Tech related. We're going to definitely have some unique content on there from different, a different perspective of us just covering and watching games. I'm definitely excited for the uh, for the game breakdown. Obviously doing baseball and football and basketball. I definitely want to see how we do, you know, especially, you know, there's all this talent we have in all these sports. I want to see, you know, just breakdown plays. It gives, you know, the fans a different perspective of something they probably, you know, just haven't seen before, things that we've noticed. Maybe we can even get the little, you know, the little thing where you can circle it. You can, like, show where we draw some lines. You know, oh, yeah, I'll be Tony like Romo, bro. I'll be Tony yeah, Romo. We can do that. Yeah, we can do something like that. Yeah, I'll no. Try not, I'll try not to be like Jason Witten. Hopefully I'm not that bad. But we'll, well you have like hair, that. Tobias. You, you have hair. You're good. And I, have, and I have a personality. I have a, I have a personality, so I'm not going to be going. Yeah, I mean, at least he went to the better UT. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the socially acceptable one for us, you know, like I mean, if you go Gary to Tennessee, Holland. but yeah, exactly. Also, I don't know how we're supposed to feel about Tennessee after what Big Cat did to us over at Barstool. Are we supposed to like them now that Gus Duggerton is over there? Or like, how's that work, man? No, no, he's a traitor. Oh, he's a traitor. Okay. You know, the thing that pissed me off about this, and I digress just a little bit. The thing that pissed me off, he's like, maybe I'll stay one more season at Texas Tech while he was Googling things on his phone about Knoxville. Get out of here with that trash, man. Get out of here. Yeah, you're either with us or against us at this point. You know yeah, it yeah, squeaks, man. That. Ricky Cheeks. Ricky Squeaks. Come on, man. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous on his part. But we'll move on. I don't want to talk about one thing because after we're having a good time, we'll move on just a little bit, and we'll talk about that next to bias. Let's move into Jonathan Kaminga in yep. his recruiting right now. A lot of steam picking up. You broke the news on Twitter a couple days ago that said he is projected to announce his decision, really, um, on June 16th, uh, whether he will be going to the pros or Texas Tech. um, And I can confirm, I know you can as well, that it's basically Texas Tech or G League at this point. There is no in between. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I know. I know there was a late push by Duke, but uh, I think that pretty much got canned as soon as it, as soon as the buzz got around. So yeah, I agree. It's um, it's the G League, it's Tech. One of the guys that makes graphics for them, he made like a little, kind of like a little small video with him, you know, in a Texas Tech uh, jersey. He did this two days ago. Jonathan Kamiga actually commented on the post. This was like two days ago, and he said, "This is tough." with the red exclamation marks. I don't know what that means. And I'm not trying to get tech fans excited, but he did comment on the post. He liked it, and he, um, he commented on it. So we'll, we'll see what he says early this week. What's your gut feeling right now uh, at 4.32 on a Sunday, June 14th? My gut feeling, I, th- I think he's going to go to the G League because I'm going to offer him a crazy amount of money. It's just going to just be hard for him to, uh, him to say no. I really do think it's a coin flip, um, unlike most people. Um, but I do think he does go to the G League. I think it's a lot closer than people think, especially yeah, from what yeah, I've yeah. from what I've heard. You know, there's there's people on twenty four seven. You know, if you look at their crystal ball rankings and I, I, or predictions, I should say, and I, I like looking at those because those guys are plugged in. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, they have basically it's a ninety two percent that he goes pro, and I think it's a lot closer than that. I think it's actually kind of in that sixty to forty range. Um, because family's a big deal to him. He, he's mentioned right. this over and over and over again. And if you know anything about people that are from Nigeria, like the Kamingas are, right, it's very, very family-oriented, right, especially when you're just immigrants. I mean, that's just usually how it is, you know what I mean? You, you're, you're coming over here, you don't know anybody, and that's just how it works. You know, you're close to your family, and those guys are really, really close. Him and Joel 
very, very close. And I, I think it's been a dream of theirs since they were very, very young to play basketball together. And now they have an opportunity at a program that, I mean, if Kaminga comes here, Texas top three program, they're projected to go to the final four. I think everybody yeah, agrees with that. But I think that's what really makes it hard. Like, let's just say, for example, it's a Cade Cunningham situation where instead of his brother being on the coaching staff, he's a player, right? Player, yeah. And he goes to Oklahoma State, right? And, and that guy's there. And they don't have a ban or anything like that. I know there's a lot of hypotheticals in this since Oklahoma State does have a ban. But let's say they don't, right? That's a much easier decision for Kaminga yeah, yeah. to go pro because you know you're not going to have a chance to actually make some noise in the tournament. Right. Um, then also, like you said, his brother, his brother being on the team, they've been working out, you know. And he's from the Congo. I apologize the on Congo, that. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Yeah, That's yeah, my fault. The Congo, yeah. yeah, they've um, they've been working out, you know, the past couple of weeks here. I mean, they're brothers, so of course, but they've been working out somewhere. So I know they probably, you know, been having that conversation. In Miami. I know some of the tech players. Yes, I mean, I know some of the tech players have, um, you know, been trying to hit him up, you know, just see where his head's at. But I agree. I definitely think it's a lot, you know, a lot closer than people expect. I kind of think it's going to be, you know, he wakes up and he's like, you know, I want to go to Tech. Oh, I want to go to G-Leaks, that type of thing. Either way, he's going to be fine. He's going to make his money. But I'm just – I mean, I'm very excited to see what he said. I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm just, like, nervous just waiting, you know. We've been waiting for so long to see what he's going to do. We got Mac. You know, Beard, he's pretty much he's what, three for three for everybody? Well, three for four. The big guy, Harm, he didn't come. But everybody else, he's pretty much he signed. So I want to see what – if, you know, Beard can swoop in last minute, and, you know, bring him on to bring him on to Tech. Exactly, yeah. And, I mean – you talked about how he could get his money, right? You know, he's going to get his yeah. money. If you looked at the number one player in their respective class, and Kaminga, I'm still going to count him in the class of 2021, even though he did reclassify to 2020. I believe he's fourth now in that class. Yeah. But, you know, in 2021, he was the number one player. If you look Pat, if you look back, I should say, from 2010 to 2019, the average draft spot for the number one player in their respective high school class is 3.3. So you're talking about a top four drafted player. Yeah. And the lowest that got drafted was Harrison Barnes in 2010, and he went seventh, and he ended up winning a championship yeah. with the Golden State Warriors. He signed a nice little deal with the. He signed a nice little deal too. The, yeah, um, multiple, the multiple deals. Yeah, multiple, yeah, because he got one also, with Sacramento too. Also, too, I know when me and you were tweeting about, there were a couple of guys, you know, tweeting about the um, the G League rule that you have to be a certain age. Yes. Um. Well, one with the circumstances going on right now. I know he he knew in advance like the, that rule that they were bringing yes. up. He wouldn't he wouldn't have he wouldn't have made them an option if he knew he couldn't go. Like he you know he's not he's not an idiot. And the G exactly. not idiot. Like they, he knew he knew that oh this could be a possibility for me because like and even let's just say it wasn't a G League they were going to come up with some rule to, or some loophole to make sure that if he wants to come to the G League he will be a part of this organization. He's not. I get what they're saying, but. He's not a dumb kid. He knows if I can do this, I can do it. It's not that there's no maybe. No, he knew. He, especially putting that thing out there publicly, he's had conversations with G League guys before. They they told me it's okay. You can come if you want to. Yeah. No. I mean, it, like you said. I mean, if this was a normal year, maybe yeah. they don't let it happen. But you're talking about a year where we've had a global pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and that changes everything. It pushes the season back. There's no way. So the people that don't know, you have to be 18 years old before September 15th. Jonathan Kaminga's birthday to turn 18 is October 6th, right? Mm -hmm. So we're looking about, what, three weeks there? Yeah. Right? So obviously the season's not going to start on time if we're talking about going, you know, three months at Disney World from July 31st. You know, we're talking about ending it, what, in October at that point? So it's just not going to happen. So the NBA is saying that they're going to start on Christmas Day, which I think will not happen. I don't think they'll start until the new year, and then they'll just compress the schedule much like they did when they had that lockout season. Yeah. Um, so obviously, if that happens, they're going to push the G League back. We don't even know if the G League is going to happen next year. Right. I mean, and also, like, like you said, as far as pushing things back, they pushed the draft back. So theoretically, you know, other events would have to get pushed back. Then also, still, they still have to fill out that roster. I'm yeah. They still have to get, you know, other players on board. Right now they have, what, four? We have four guys. They're going to have to fill out that roster. So even from a, you know, we need players perspective, they're going to give those guys a little extra time, especially with the circumstances going on right now. They're going to give them extra time to make a decision. Now, it might not be a John McAmiga type guy, but, for example, you know, there's tons of guys that probably want to do that just haven't made their mind up. They're going to give them extra time 
to to do this. And especially there's levels to this. If you have what he reclassified the number four overall player in the country, one potentially want to want to come part of your league, you're going to make a loophole. You're going to make sure yes. it's okay, you know, for you to do that. And also, the G League they make the rules for the G League. You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's some yes. higher power. You know, they they make their own rules. So, you know. You're talking to the boss of the company. He can make his own rules. Oh, if I want to change it, I can change it. That, that's yes. how it works. If you, if so, you know, there's no, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? There's no other no. power above. They make yes. their own rules. It's, own, it's their own baby. No, and I, and I get Texas Tech fans. Like, they're trying to find every loophole possible because yeah. this, no, sure. this is a programming, you know, changing type guy. Right. right? I right. get it. But, like, at the same time, like you said earlier, the kid's not an idiot. He wouldn't have put idiot. that. He wouldn't have put he that graphic out there with it up there if he, he knew a hundred percent, not ninety nine point nine, but one hundred percent that exactly. he could he could play there. Like he wouldn't do it. So um, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting thing. Where it's like, no, dude, that 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 makes no sense. There's obviously a loophole, no. or they're going to create one. Right. Um, right. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense for them not to. Um, let's move on, though, Tobias. Um, kind of in a much sadder note, really, um, Texas Tech lost a legend just a couple of days ago. And Noelle Johnson, for those who don't know who no- Noelle Johnson is, um, she's a Texas Tech Lady Raider basketball legend, played on the 1993 NCAA championship team. Um, and unfortunately, she passed away this past Tuesday from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, her resume at Texas Tech is absolutely stacked a three-time all southwest conference selection a member of the all-time lady raider southwestern conference team johnson remains one of the most prolific three-point shooters in program history she shot 51.1 percent from long range during the 94 and 95 season alone which still stands as the top single season average ever for a lady raider and then i think the most important stat for her you know when you're an athlete at least in my opinion winning is the most important thing, right? Well, she was on, you know, she was here during the biggest winning stretch in Lady yeah. Raider basketball history. Every year she was here, they went to the at least, and I mean at least the Sweet 16, and not to mention she helped Cheryl Swoops win the first national championship as she was the starting point guard on that 1993 yeah. national championship team. I mean, she was, a, she was a winner, you know, pretty much everywhere she goes. She coaches at um... – uh, Midwestern State, I believe she's yeah. the winningest coach uh, in program history she is. there as well. You know, this year, you know, they only played – they played 17 games. They went to a 7-10 and 10 record. But, you know, she was playing sick. So that just kind of shows you the type of, you know, the type of person she was. You know, she – you know, although she's being sick, she still was there for those, for those young girls. You know, she was still coaching them up and trying to give them, you know, their last, last experience. Unfortunately, you know, she died at 47. She was still very young. But definitely prayers go out to her. Her family and friends, um, you know, wishing the best for them, and you know, we try to honor her the best way we can. Yeah, no, and I thought it was just great to see Marlene Stallings come out and acknowledge it. Yeah. Obviously, Kirby Hoka, and then you got Marsha Sharp, the legend, her her coach. You know, um, yeah. it's got to be really difficult for her too. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to see um, these kind of things happen, and especially at a time that where our world has a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, and this just hit a lot of, you know, closer to home than usual. And, you know, everybody's affected by cancer and Texas Tech is not different. You know, um, they're definitely mm-hmm. affected by it. And this shows it right here. But I mean, if you just look at what she did at Texas Tech, because obviously she wouldn't want to talk about herself in, you know, a bad light. And she probably wouldn't even want us to talk about her in terms of a positive light, in terms of, you know, bragging on her in a way. But I mean, she well deserves it. I mean, she's 17th in mm-hmm. program history and career scoring. She's seventh all time in assists. Johnson shot 41.1% from three-point range for her career, which ranked sixth in school history. And she mm. played in 256 – or she had 256 career three-pointers, ranking second in program history. So, I mean, she's one of the all-time best. I mean, yeah, Cheryl Swoop gets a lot of love on that team, and rightfully so. You know, she's the female Michael Jordan, as mm. we like to call her. She's the greatest women's basketball player of all time. But you don't win a national championship alone. And Noel yeah, Johnson was a huge, huge contributor on that 1993 championship team. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, she was a winner pretty much everywhere she went, you know, from college to, you know, to coaching. So, like I said, once again, prayers go out to her. We're definitely going to try to honor her. And I'm glad, you know, Tech, we won't let her, you know, pass away in vain. They did honor her, and it was good to see her. Coaches and, you know, staff, part of, you know, Texas Tech staff, you know, to talk about her and give back some of their memories. Yeah, absolutely. She's definitely a Texas Tech legend. Um, and some of these guys that we're about to talk about, 
They want to be in the same company as Noel Johnson someday. But we're going to transition over to football right now as Dave Campbell's football, Texas football, I should say, announced their all-Texas team. So for the people that don't know how this works, Dave Campbell releases an all-preseason Texas team. So what this means is you can only pick players from FBS programs in the state of Texas. And Texas Tech, well, they had quite a bit of players on there. They came in third in terms of most players on the preseason all-Texas teams, first and second team. They actually had four on the first all-Texas team and then three on the second Texas team. But we'll start out with the first teamers. Um, No surprise. Top five punter in the country, in my opinion, Austin McNamara. Yeah. Stud, period, <laughs> yeah, he, in a yeah. story. You know, it's, it, it's people don't realize how much a punter means to you until you have a bad one. Oh, bad, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and as a Titans fan, I've seen a lot of bad football before this four-year stretch. Brett Kearns, at some points, was the most enjoyable aspect of Sundays for me watching their games. Um, and he's the best punter in the NFL, and Austin McNamara's the best punter in the Big 12, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the three other guys on the first team were Eli Howard. I think Eli Howard's going to have a breakout year this year. Um, this is his year to shine. What do you think, Spice? Yeah, I think it's definitely his year to shine. I think there's a couple of more. You know, he got put on the list. I think there's a couple of other guys on there that I think if he, if he redoes his list at the end of the season, they could uh, be on there. One of our linebackers as well, I think that he could um, – he could also be in this list. But I think Eli Howard, I mean, he, I love his motor. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. But definitely going to need him, especially with, you know, Washington leaving. And, yes. Um, some of, a couple of other guys leaving. So, I mean, the pressure is going to be on him, but I think that he'll um he'll rise to the case. Like I said, we're definitely going to need him to be productive. When Broderick's gone, you know, we have a bunch of young guys on their field. So, we're going to need him to get back there and, you know, get to the quarterback and make plays. Yeah, no, I, I think that's going to be the big impact um, on that line. Obviously, when you have a guy drafted in the NFL draft and you lose a guy – it's not going to make it any easier on your team to recoup the next season. And I think Eli Howard is going to have to take over that Broderick role. And I think he will do it. Um, It might be a little bit of a rough transition, but I do think he will do it. Now, a lot of people were talking about last year, how Texas tech had one of the best offensive lines because they had a lot of guys returning. Well, they have two guys that are returning again from Frisco and Jack Anderson and Dawson Deaton. They were both named to the first team. And I absolutely love Jack Anderson. Really the only problem with him is health. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think he I think he's an absolute stud in my opinion. And then Dawson Deaton, I'll wholeheartedly admit I was not sure on that guy when he came in, but he has proved me wrong and then some. Um he is absolutely an all Big 12 type lineman right now and you know he he's pretty young, right? So I mean, yeah. he's not one of those guys that's you know, you know, just going to be a one and done. He he's a junior. And so he he's going to be here for at least this year and potentially next year to build that resume right. up to go to the NFL. Yeah, speaking of Jack, I mean, he – there you know, there were reports a couple years ago he would have been a first-round pick or definitely a second-round pick. He just – unfortunately, he gets hurt yeah. a little bit more than, you know, we want to see. But, yeah, I mean, last year, you know, we had one of what the most top – what, top ten, top five most experienced offensive top five in the country last year. Yeah, top, top five. five. So, I mean, that shows you, you know, the, de- the, the development. And, you know, we had a couple of those guys get picked up this year and drafted. So, it's, you know, it's, it seems like Texas, they're starting to put offensive linemen, you know, into the NFL, at least having a chance every single year. Yeah, no, it, it's great to see, honestly. Um, and I think the guy that you were talking about earlier in terms of who could be on this list is Rico, Rico. Jeffers. So yeah. I think a lot of people would be shocked to see he's not even on the second team. But yeah, moving know, on to the yeah. second team, um, Adrian Fry, I don't think it would shock anybody if he was a first-teamer on this. But even more so, I don't think it would shock people if he was a first-team All-Big 12 member. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, no, he, that's what he, yeah. That's he's what already he been, what, wasn't he, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he an All-American? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He was. I mean, last year, you know, he played through some injuries and they, you know, moved his, uh, moved his position. So that's kind of tough, you know, but I think that, I mean, mainly he was, he was just hurt last year. Yeah. So if he, you know, he can just stay healthy this year and they move him back to a position he's more comfortable with, there's no telling that I think he'll ball. Yeah, I agree. He's going to be a corner this year, uh, back to the corner. They've already announced that Patterson and crew have, which I think is really where he needs to be. Um, They just kind of needed to move him last year because they lost Ja'Shawn Johnson. Remember that? And they really just needed the safety, and he he offered to do it. And he was solid in that role, but I think he's far better on the outside and just kind of creating an Mm -hmm. island for a receiver. Uh, Speaking of a receiver, Eric Uzakama's on here. Um, man, I love his game. I don't know about you, but I, I think he's 
arguably the next guy that's going to be that Texas Tech wide receiver we talk about in the pros for a good, you know, five, ten years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he has a little like a little um a little edge or some swag to him. You know, you know like receivers, they are they're they're um they have a personality and he's one of those guys Davis. that he has, you know, yeah. So whenever, you know, every touches the ball, you know, you kind of get up in your seat a little bit because you know, you never know what um what he can do. And I agree. I think that he'll definitely um be one of those guys. Hopefully, you know, our quarterback Alan Bowman can stay healthy this year. But yeah, whenever I mean he's a he's a playmaker. As soon as he touches the ball, you kinda you're excited to see what he's gonna do next. He make, he has big time, you know, playmaking ability. Yeah, I mean it, it he can take a, you know, a five-yard slant to the house um, sure, yeah. any given time. And then this is the guy I am most looking forward to on the offense this year. Um, I am a little biased seeing how I am at Irving, Texas native. But Sir Roderick Thompson, man, I love everything about this guy's game. I think they need to give him more of a little bit of passing role, you know, with Henry gone. He's yeah. transferred out. Now he's down in Houston with Holgerson. But I think Thompson – arguably could be a top two, three running back in the Big 12 if they allow yeah. him to catch the ball out of the backfield because we've can already, we already saw what he did between the tackles and even yeah. outside to some extent. The kid can ball, and he is built like a he, – he's almost built like, when I think about it, he's built just like a little skinnier of Joe Mixon. Mm. He, That's who he kind of reminds me of. He yeah, Mixon's a good comp. I was gonna say he kind of. I want to see him catch the ball more too. But if he does catch the ball, I can see a little Kareem Hutton in his game as well. That, that's a good comp. He, that's a really yeah, good comp. What he did in Kansas City. I mean, I mean, throwing the ball. I mean, like you said, one of the guys last year that was splitting carries with him for the most, well, not for the most part, but they were splitting carries. He's gone. So yep. you know, I like to see him use a lot more. I mean, he's also one of those guys. Every time he touches the ball, you know, something good happens. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think you know as, as his offense, you know, develops and if he can have good health. I would, I would those little, those little dump balls and those little screen plays. I would, I would give him the ball. I mean, he can, he breaks tackles, he runs through guys, or he can finish runs. I want to go on the ball. No, yeah, I agree. I think you know, you're talking about a guy that came in here is really, I mean, a guy that had to really fight his way up. You know, the depth yeah. charts, right? He comes in here, he leads the team in rushing last year. Um, had 160 carries, 765 yards, almost averaged five yards a, t a tote right there. Yeah. You know, you look at that, that, that's pretty good right there. You know, you have 12 touchdowns. He did catch 39 passes last year for 154 yards, but he only averaged four yards per catch. I mean, that's going to change, obviously. Yeah. Um, he had, you know, 200 touches last year for almost 920 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's going to go up in the receiving department, I think, this year, especially with Henry gone, because this guy does a lot of things well. Um, and the greatest part about this guy is he was just a redshirt freshman last year. Yeah. You know, if he really wants to, he can stay at Tech for another three years. Yeah. So I think that's a really big plus. And if you look at what Utah State did with under Matt Wells as well as Yost, they like to have those running backs. I mean, just look at the one in Kansas City. They have Thompson up there. He got drafted from Utah yeah. State. They really like to use their running back out in the open space and shifty guys. And the thing is, Thompson's shifty as well. But he, he can bull you over, too, at the yeah, goal line. Yeah, for sure. He's got a lot of momentum when he's moving. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, really the big thing with him is just health. Like, can, can our quarterbacks, you know, and offense line, can they just stay healthy? And also, with the addition that we're going to start using tight ends this year, I think that might free him up as well, especially with those little dump-offs. I think he might get matched on with um. You know, maybe with a slower linebacker, I think that he could be able to make some some big time plays back there. Yeah, no, I think it's really going to be interesting too. Who's his backup? Because right now it's Jax Welsh. He's a junior. He hadn't played much. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's not a lot of lo there's not a lot of running backs on this roster. Only two right now. If you're looking at the depth chart, um, now there is rumors that the Alabama Alabama wide receiver um, will transfer out here. Um, you know. A lot of rumors about that. I don't know if it's true, but that's what I've heard that he yeah. – Townsend, I should say his name so people know. Townsend, um, he's an Alabama wide receiver. Now he can also play out of the backfield as well. He was an athlete in high yeah. school, but they moved him, played a lot of wide receiver out there as well in high school. So there, he's talking about here the final two was between Mississippi State and Texas Tech. I've heard that it's basically Texas Tech right now. Things can obviously change, but he would be able to come in right away and play as a grad transfer, and that would be huge, I think, because you could have him in the slot, and you can also play, you know, two running back set where it's Sirajic on one side and play bully ball with him, but you can also have, you know, a guy like an Austin Eckler on the outside as well. Yeah. You know, you get the best yeah, of both sure. words. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm really excited for this offense. You know, they're, they're starting to use tight ends again. You know, we talked about our, the freshman tight end. You know, we – 
you know, well, he's coming. He's actually coming next year, but we have Vashi yeah, coming back. You have Easy coming. Yeah, you have Vashi coming back. Easy. You have uh, Thompson back. I think his offense is going to be. Um, I mean, they're always a lot of fun to watch. But I think they're going to be even more fun to watch, especially with the last memory of uh, Alan Bowman can just stay on the field. Yeah, no, and I, I like Koontz. Remember, he came in yeah. last year as a yeah. transfer. I like yeah. him. He just couldn't stay healthy last year either. And when he did, he he produced a little bit. But I think if he stays healthy, I. I don't think he's going to have a Jason Morrow impact, but that's the kind of player he is. Yeah. You know, he's more receiving than blocking and everything, but he is a better blocker than Jason Morrow. So yeah. a really talented guy right there. So I think that's going to be interesting to see if he can stay healthy. And then also, what does this offensive line look like blocking for Alan Bowman? And I also don't want to say that Alan Bowman is the for sure starter. Um, I think Maverick could come in and win that job. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a competition. I think right now I would say that Alan Bowman is the starter, but I don't think it's a for sure thing yet. Um, you know, maybe that motivates him. You know, maybe that motivates him, you know, to you know, just get better because, you know, there are guys coming in that are just as talented as you. So maybe that makes him, you know, work harder in the offseason. Yeah, no, and I think they got a little bit of motivation too, seeing how they were picked to finish dead last. Yeah, in the Big Twelve, by some publications, um, twenty four seven out there said that Texas Tech would finish dead last in the Big Twelve. So, definitely interesting there. But Tobias, I think we're gonna wrap it up, man. Um, fun first podcast, man, with Guns Up Nation. Yeah, it was, it was, a, lot, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, think, one last thing. Uh, I go think, ahead. I don't think we talked about this. This is a couple of weeks old, but uh, Brittany Brewer she made the roster for. Um, the Atlanta Dream. So there you go. I definitely, she made the yeah, she made the twelve woman roster. So I want to definitely give her a shout out. You know, she's absolutely. been working really hard, and I'm definitely proud of her. So yeah, absolutely, definitely give her the love that she deserves. Got drafted by the Atlanta Dream, what 16th overall yeah. in the second round, yeah. I believe, yeah. 17th yeah. overall, something like that. Yeah, second, yeah, second I mean, round. One of the yeah. one of the best players in Texas Tech Lady Raider basketball history, right there. And good to see her getting to live out her dream and playing professional basketball here in the States. But right. for Tobias Bass, you can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. You can follow myself at RCMB323 on Twitter. And be sure to go follow Guns Up Nation on Facebook, Twitter. And then we got Instagram too. We got right. Instagram now. We got to get that cloud up on Instagram. I think it was like at six followers the last time I checked. And it was yeah. you, Michael, and myself as three of them. No. Um, so yeah, that's just not yeah. good. Yeah. We got to no, get that we're, cloud we're, up. We're growing. Yeah, we're yeah. growing. We'll, we'll, we'll be growing for sure in the near future. Yeah, and be on the lookout. We'll definitely put it out there on Facebook and Twitter um, on our respective ones, and then especially on the Guns Up Nation pages when the, when the website is launching, excuse me. But be sure to go subscribe. Give us a review. We got a lot coming. We're going to have a lot of guests on the show. We're going to talk about – a lot of things on this show. If you have any questions about Texas Tech Athletics, be sure to send them to Guns Up Nation on Twitter or Facebook. We'll be sure to answer them on the podcast. And also, go follow at Guns Up Voice. That's the, that's the podcast Twitter. Go follow that one. That's, that's where you're going to get all the podcast info as well as on Guns Up Nation. Once again, that's at Guns Up Voice. And for Tobias Bass, I'm RC Maxfield. We'll catch you all next week, guys. And as always, keep those guns up. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the fan page administrators, podcast hosts, and fans, and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. We are proud to support Texas Tech, its students, alumni, and fans.